as we come to God's word, and we'll hear Hebrews chapter 10 read out for us. So would you turn there? Hebrews chapter 10. I'll read from verses 19 through to 25. That final verse is where Pastor Josh Moody will be preaching from this morning. Hear God's word for us. Hebrews 19. Hebrews 10, 19. Therefore, brothers, since we have confidence to enter the holy places by the blood of Jesus, by the new and living way that he opened for us through the curtain, that is, through his flesh, and since we have a great priest over the house of God, let us draw near with a true heart and full assurance of faith, with our hearts sprinkled clean from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering. For he who promised is faithful. And let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works, not neglecting to meet together, as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another. And all the more as you see the day drawing near. This is God's word. Amen. Let's take our seats. Thank you so much, uh, music team and uh, Pastor Eric. As as I said, it's beautiful music this morning, and it's good to be together. I want to begin uh, by um, not only thanking the musicians, but also thank those who've been uh, preaching. As you know, that sometimes, those of you who are familiar with College Church will know that sometimes over the summer, I'm away doing uh, study or writing and that kind of thing. And the last couple of years, I haven't really done that for reasons that are probably obvious because of COVID, just felt important to be around. And um, I have been, and I'm around this summer too, um, but I have been out of the pulpit a little bit. In the last couple of weeks, I preached, I guess, three weeks ago. I'm preaching this Sunday. Uh, I won't be preaching for two more weeks, and then I'll be back into a, into a sort of regular sermon series. Uh, you can find out more about it in the connections. But anyway, I wanted to say thank you for those who've been preaching. We've got two more over the summer to go. Pastor Josh Mauer will be preaching, and Pastor Michael Walker Um, But I think we've just had some wonderful sermons, and I I feel like um, God has really blessed Cottage Church with remarkable pastors over the years. I mean, I know a lot of them, my friends, people have been here, served here 10, 15 years, and now somewhere else, and I think we've just got an extraordinary team right now, and I just thank God for them, and uh, it's, it's just fun to be a team together and working together. Um, and I've learned some things. I learned from Pastor Eric Channing to watch out if I ever have bees in my roof, to be very careful. And I learned from uh, Pastor Baxter to eat some more so that I can lose. I, I've, I have lost some weight, so I need, I need some food, guys. You know, give me, um, so that would be, anyway. But I just wanted to thank uh, those who have been serving so well. Let's uh, pray now as we come uh, to God's word. Let's pray. Our Lord God, we've been singing, asking for the Holy Spirit to be at work, and I just do pray that you would anoint uh, this message, and Lord, you'd use these faltering, stammering lips uh, to speak your word, to encourage your people, and so I, I pray that you do that. And we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Friends, we're looking at this last verse. As Pastor Eric Dewar said, it's uh, verse 25. Let me read it out for us again. And um, the theme is to encourage one another. 
and uh, we'll actually be looking at that in the next, well, the next three weeks, and I'll explain why in a moment. So verse 25, uh, let me pick it up in verse 24. Let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works, not neglecting to meet together, uh, as is the habit of some, which we looked at last week, and now this morning, but encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the day drawing near. So the next few weeks we'll be looking at encouraging one another. And you may say that's not many words for three sermons. Um, this Sunday we'll do encourage, next Sunday will be one, and the Sunday after that will be another. Uh, but, but the reason why um, I'm leading us to do this, there are two reasons. So the, the structure of this message is going to be why, what, and how. So the, this is why. The reason why I'm leading us to do this is, is really twofold. There are two reasons. Uh, number one, I sense, and I think as soon as I say this, you'll, I think you'll agree, I sense that not just we as a church but anyone who listens online or um, streams during the week or whatever, but us as a church and the church in America in general, and I think Americans in general, and the Western world in general, we're getting really big, but needs encouragement. Uh, a lot of us sense that things are going wrong, and we're not sure why or how or what is going wrong, but it feels discouraging. Um, who will come back after COVID? What will happen to the economy? What will happen to the national debt? You know, there are all these things floating around. Then more locally, I pick up a lot of concern about our schools, about... Um, Chicago land, dynamics, taxes, <laughs> you know. Um, that's, that's just a lot of discouragement. So the, why are we doing this over three weeks? Number one, because I think we need to be encouraged. Number two, so it's not really, this is the twofold reason, the second part of the reason of why. Now, it's not really that we're just going to go through and encourage one another at great depth. This is going to be practical application. So we've spent the last few weeks getting the theology right in our mind. Why is it better together? It's better together because Jesus is better. Why is he better than anyone else? Because of his blood, his sacrifice on the cross. And he is now a great high priest constantly interceding for us. Why would you go anywhere else? Jesus is better. And because he's better, it's better together. And therefore, and we saw the, the three instructions uh, here in the passage uh, that are uh, let us draw near, let us hold fast, let us consider. And we've looked at each of those. And now we come to encouraging one another. And what we're going to do is we're going to apply practical application, those deep theological truths, to this congregation, 
to us now, as a people, over the next three weeks. And in particular, what we're going to do is we're going to go through the vision for us as a church. So those of you who are around in May will know that the leaders spent most of last year prayerfully seeking the Lord about where God is taking us next. And we've got three key phrases to express that. Discover Jesus, grow in your faith, impact the world. And we're going to look at each of those three phrases in the next few weeks to remind ourselves of them. And those three phrases are the architecture of a new web page that the team has been working on really for a couple of years now, but a new web page that is going to be launched this week in God's providence. Now you would think, oh, College Church planned it all out. They've been planning to have this sermon series right in line with that new web page. Actually, no. But it is going to be launched this, this week in God's providence. And you, you'll get an email if you're on an email list. If you're not, sign up for one so you do that will connect you to our new webpage when it's launched this week that, will, that is built on this architecture of discover Jesus, grow in your faith, impact the world. And we're going to this, so we're going to be applying those theological truths that we've looked at in the passage, the blood of Jesus, the great high priest, and therefore, let us meet together and not forsake the assembling of the brothers. You know, let's meet together. It's better together. And let's encourage one another. How, what does that mean for us to encourage one another as a church? Discover Jesus. That's this morning. Grow in your faith next week. Impact the world the week after. Because, you know, why College Church? Because at College Church... You have an opportunity to discover Jesus. We, this is one of the reasons why I am so insistent on we, we stick to this. Because I want you to meet the real Jesus. I, I, I don't want us to be the kind of church where like, we're chasing fashion and we're always like after whatever's cool next. I want us to meet the real Jesus in his word. So you, why call it church? Because when you come here, you can be sure we can have our nose in the Bible. What does the scriptures say about Jesus? It's his blood. He's the great high priest. And therefore we can access the very holy of holies. And therefore we meet together around that message in fellowship and in communion with each other. It's better together. So, and, and then you get a chance to grow in your faith, and all the, we'll look at that next week, all the biblical teaching that we have, and then impact the world through our missionaries, our church planting, all the different ministries we do. That's why, you know, when you give to Cottage Church, you don't really give to an institution. You're not giving to Cottage Church. You're giving through Cottage Church to many, many people because there's this impact that we have when we're together, when we're united around a common vision. There's so much that the Lord is doing and can do through us. So, that's, so we're going to look at this to encourage uh, one another over the next few weeks around those uh, three things. That's why. Let me put it to you in a sentence. Mutual biblical exhortation 
That's what, that's what encouragement is. Encouragement is not simply, well done, you're doing a good job. It's mutual, one another, mutual, biblical exhortation. Mutual biblical exhortation is the secret source of healthy church life for all. And that's why we need to look at it. Mutual biblical exhortation is the secret source of healthy church life for all. Think of it in um, the story of the Apostle Paul, very gifted man, much used by God. What in God's sovereignty was the key for him to be used that way? The answer is a man called Barnabas, whose name means son of encouragement, who came alongside the Apostle Paul, pointed him in the right direction, believed in him. You need that kind of encouragement. Right now, there is so much toxicity in our world. Don't you find that? It's everywhere. Social media, you know, CNN, Fox News, whatever cable channel you watch, I, but it, or something else, the BBC, perhaps you watch that, I don't know. It's just so much toxicity. You know, everything is negative, 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 nasty. I mean, when I, when I go on my Twitter account, I feel like I need a shower afterwards. Ugh. And we, we, we swim in that. Every, you do, at work and on the internet. It's like, ah. yeah, down, down uh, stairs, the um, Charisse... Berg, our director of children's ministries, is doing a fantastic job. And downstairs in our Kids Harbour children's ministries area, they've they've reworked it. If you haven't seen it, go down. It's just amazing what they've done. Uh, Howard Kern, Dave Carlberg have just done an amazing job redesigning it, opening up a little bit. It looks fantastic. And one of the things they've done is they've put a um, an aquarium down there. You know, just something fun for the kids to to watch and see when they're waiting to be checked in. That that kind of thing. And what I've discovered about when you set up a new aquarium is actually the first fish you put in the aquarium are not the fish that are going to end up being in the aquarium. The first fish you put in the aquarium are what are called scout fish. And scout fish are put in to die, basically. <laughs> so you, you've got to get the water, the chemicals just right, and it's hard to get it just right. So the way to test it is you put in scout fish, and if they're dead, you, you haven't got it right. And then you put in some more until they live, and then you've got it right. So if you go down and see some fish right there, they're scout fish. They'll be dead soon, you know, it's okay. Uh, we, perhaps we don't tell our children that. It's like, what happened to that fish? It's dead. It's meant to be dead. You know, welcome to church. Um. <laughs> uh, but, but many of us, I, it, it seems to me, many of us, it's like we're scout fish right now. We're swimming in all this toxicity. And one of the reasons why it's better together is, it's, yeah, you hear from God's word and you have amazing music that we just had, but it's mutual biblical exhortation that is the secret source 
a healthy church life for all. And so my goal, I was saying to the ushers before uh, the, uh, the service earlier this morning, my goal is, obviously, to be encouraging. And I think that's a, right now, that's a significant challenge because there's so much toxicity. So that's why we need to do it. What, what then? What is this encouragement? Well, let's look at the text. It says, verse 25, not neglecting to meet together as is the habit of some, like we've looked at that last week, we've done all the theological groundwork, now we're practically applying it. It says, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day drawing near. Now there are three aspects of that. So the, word, the words encouraging one another in the Greek is actually one word. <laughs> So, you know, if you're really following the Greek, you couldn't do one word this week and one word the next week, one word the third week. It's actually just one word. And the one word in the Greek has the sense of coming alongside to call forwards. You're coming alongside to call forwards. That's encouragement. So it's not, as I said at the beginning, just well done. Aren't you doing a good job? I mean, that is encouraging. But it's more than that. It's coming alongside to call forwards, which is why in the text it says, all the more. So you keep on doing it. You don't, you don't give up when things are hard. It's like, all the more, as you see the day drawing near. So the, the, the image is coming alongside to call forwards, as you see the day of Jesus drawing near. And that coming alongside to call forwards, both of those things are important. You need to come alongside and you need to call forwards. It's not enough simply to exhort someone from a distance. A, a lot of people do that, don't they? They're like, you should do better at this. You got it wrong there. And of course we think, well, you don't know me. You haven't, walked, you, you haven't earned the right to have that conversation. We're not looking for each other to lecture each other about things that we can improve. We could all improve. But you need to come alongside. And walk with the person. And get to know them. So it's coming alongside, but also both those parts, coming alongside to call forwards, that's important too. It isn't simply, um, you're having a tough time, I'm sorry, I feel for you, I hear what's going on. Yeah, you need to come alongside, but it's also, let's go in this direction. Let's move forwards. It's both those things. That's, that's biblical mutual exaltation. We're all um, watching the Olympics right now, I think, many of us are, and the Olympics always uh, has amazing stories behind it, doesn't it? They often showcase some of those stories to give you the background so you can feel for the drama of the uh, moment when the person is competing. And a couple of Olympics ago, there was an extraordinarily dramatic story that illustrates this coming alongside to call forwards. An Olympic athlete, a Kenyan, I think, 
was competing in a long-distance race and was way ahead and about to finish first and get gold. But the physical demands of that long-distance race, the rigor of it had become so intense that before he actually crossed the finish line, he became confused as to where the finish line actually was. He was exhausted. He was way ahead, but he thought he'd arrive when he hadn't. A Canadian uh, Olympic athlete came up behind him, who was in second place, and realized what had happened, that he'd become so dehydrated, so confused, so exhausted, he thought he was there when he wasn't. But instead of running ahead to win, the Canadian athlete came alongside and pushed him forward first across the finish line. That's mutual biblical exaltation. That's the way. And all the more as you see the day drawing near. All this toxicity out there, but there's that day. Jesus is coming. And the old order will pass away and all things will be new and there'll be no more weeping or crying and there'll be feasting in the house of the Lord and that day. And let's move forward. Let's not forsake the assembling of together. Let's encourage one another mutually. Let's come alongside to call forwards because Jesus is coming back. And that, of course, means, which is the encouragement, particularly this morning, to discover Jesus, that we need to call people to know Jesus before it's too late. Because Jesus is, is coming back. And we need to encourage one another to forsake sin. That's, exa- that's, that's where the passage goes. If you have your Bible open, it says, uh, verse 26, For if we go on sinning, nothing but a fearful expectation of judgment. And again, the Lord will judge his pe- people. It's a fearful thing to fall in the hands of the living God. Yet yeah, Jesus is coming back, which is the most amazing, beautiful, wonderful thing if you're in Christ. If you know Christ. So let's repent of our sins. Let's put our trust in him. And come alongside mutual biblical exhortation. That's what? How? How are we actually going to do that? When I have four, I said this is going to be practical. And I have four practical ways uh, for us to do that, that I want to offer to you uh, this morning. For us to be encouraged to discover Jesus and to invite others to discover Jesus too. How do we do that? First, uh, re- biblical. Read the Bible with a non Christian. That's simple. You don't have to be an expert in the Bible. You just have to have one. (laughs) 
And to encourage you, the American Bible Society has come up with a new survey in this year, 2021, that shows that 71% of Americans use the Bible, which is the highest percentage for the last five years. People are hungry. Again, that's why we get into the Bible. We want to take people to the source texts. You can say to your Hindu neighbor, your Muslim neighbor, your nominal Christian neighbor, how about you read the Bible with me? Let's see what Mark's gospel says. Let's go to the source text. And you'll find that 71% of Americans are at least interested in that, interested enough to use the Bible. I suspect that percentage is high in Wheaton. So biblical, read the Bible with a non-Christian. But then ecclesiological, for us as a church, would you invite a de-churched, we often think about the unchurched, but would you invite a de-churched person to cottage church? These days, a lot of people, I think, have become cynical about church. Uh, for, whatever, for the number of different reasons we could cite. And you probably know people who have become cynical about church. Invite a de-churched individual to cottage church. A church that has solidity and foundations to it. And you say, well, how are we doing in that regard? Well, to encourage you. So I talk, obviously, to friends and colleagues who are pastors in other churches around the area, around the country. And what I find, and we're still discovering the data on it, but what seems about right is that it's typical in this post-COVID reality in which we live, we hope it's post-COVID or getting close to post-COVID, but in this reality in which we live now, it's typical for church attendance, physical attendance, uh, to be about 50% of what it was pre-COVID. So that means if you're a part of a church that had 100 people pre-COVID, there'd be 50 people right now. How are we doing? We as a church are at about 80% of pre-COVID now. So in other words, if we were a church of 100 people, we'd have about 80 people. And that's because you have not forsaken the meeting together. It's because you are committed to Christ and know it's better together. So that's encouraging. We have a way to go, but it's encouraging. But what is more, and I'm, I'm saying this to our team, I've said it to our leaders, I've said it to our pastors, I am convinced for theological, biblical reasons that online is not church, in church qua church. That 
you actually need to meet together. So that we can encourage one another. The coffee afterwards, the conversation in the hallway, the let's get together and talk, the, the, the fellowship, the community, the, hey, how are you doing about that? I'm praying for you about that. That we can mutually, biblically exhort one another, which is the secret source of healthy church life, that we actually need to physically be together. But while church, qua church, is in person, and this is a nuance, but a very important one. The online, and we're all still trying to figure it out, but the online is an amazing mission. People watch us online to figure out what kind of church we are, to see whether they can you know, deal with a guy who has a weird English accent. And... and uh, yeah. And listen to the music, and what kind of, and, and then we draw, draw, and there are people here in person now who've been drawn in through the online. And we're, we're still trying to figure, and there are on, people watching online across the country, indeed around the world. It's a mission, it's not church qua church. If you're online, we want you to be in church. But it is a mission, it's an amazing mission. And in terms of the reach of the church, we're actually, pre-COVID to now, post-COVID, we're actually 60% up. What is that? It's a whole new world. What does that mean? Well, what it means is we've got to draw people into Christ and into fellowship, either here or in the local church. Invite in the D church to cottage church. So biblical, ecclesiological. But then we've also got a couple of, uh, of, of groups that are beginning. Again, on this new web page that is launching this week, you'll see about this one, which is called Christianity Explored. So Christianity Explored is a globally used um, course that is relational, informal, grounded in the Scriptures, that's designed in an interactive way to help the unchurched, the non-Christian, have a non-threatening environment to explore the issues of Christianity, Christianity Explored. And we will be launching a new course in that regard in September. And again, when, the webpage, when you look at the webpage this week, and you click on Discover Jesus, it will take you through that. And, and it's not September yet, but I'm putting that in your mind so you can begin to think as you read the Bible with a non-Christian, as you have a conversation with someone at work, you can start to pray towards inviting someone to that Christianity Explored course that will be taking place in September. In addition to that, and I think this is really amazing, there's a group of um, Christian business professionals in our church who've taken on themselves uh, to have lunchtime evangelistic talks um, at 302 in Wheaton, and they've done a set of them, and they're going to do another set in September. I'm going to speak at two, there's six week, I think it's a six-week set. I'm going to speak at two of them. I think Pastor Ben Panner is going to do two. And I think Jerry Root, who uh, was a professor at Wheaton College for many years, is uh, going to do two of them. And they're, they're, they're very 
it's like 35 minutes, food, quick talk, and the talk is not preachy, it's interactive, informal, a, a come let us reason together, apologetic style. And that's another, I want to put that, it's not yet, it's in September, and we'll let you know more about it. I want to put that in your mind. If you're a business professional in the larger Wheaton area, in September, there's going to be these lunchtime talks. You can invite your friends, and there'll be food, and you can, they can hear in an interactive way more about Jesus. And I'm just trying to exhort us to make use of these, these practical tools, whether it's Christianity Explored or the lunchtime talks. And then individually, read the Bible with a non-Christian. Say to a non-Christian friend, you know, let's get into, I'd be fascinated to find out what you think about this passage of Mark's gospel. Can I read it with you and see what you think? Get them into the Bible. And then ecclesiological, invite in a de-church person to Cottage Church. Come and experience a church that is, you know, we have, we're largely, I think, healthy. Come and experience it. And Christianity Explored, lunchtime talks. So that's why, what, and how. And it's very different, isn't it, from this toxicity. You know, you leave the, the doors here, you turn on your social media, you get on the internet, and you're constantly bombarded with the negativity, the nastiness, the toxicity. And we, you need... To be in church so that afterwards when you're talking, you're encouraging one another. Your mutual biblical exhortation coming alongside to call forwards. You know, there was a Trappist monk who was a novice. He was neophyte. He'd signed up to be a Trappist monk. And uh, he signed up, as he signed up, he took a vow of silence. And the vow of silence was that after every three years, he was only allowed to say two words. So after the first three years, he went up to his brother superior and he said, bad food. Another three years went by. And then uh, he said, uh, bad bed. Three more years went by, and he went up to his brother superior, and his two words were, no TV. Three more years went by, and uh, this uh, chap, uh, the Trappite monk, uh, went up to his brother superior, and his two words were, I quit. And the brother superior said, well, it's no wonder all you've done since you've been here is complain. (laughs) Whereas, the author of Hebrews is saying, let us encourage one another. Because you see, this word for mutual biblical exhortation is fulfilled ultimately in Jesus He didn't lecture us from a distance. Be holy! He was incarnate as a baby and died on a cross so that through his blood you might be reconciled to God. And he sent his spirit 
another counselor. The same root word here as encourager. To be in you and urge you forwards. Well, let's pray together. Oh, Lord God, we do um, thank you uh, for this encouragement. And we pray as a church we would be a place where people can discover you. Help us to be um, active in personal evangelism. And help us, Lord, to encourage one another in that regard. And we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.